Hello, welcome to Culture Lab from New Scientist Podcasts. This is the show where we unpack science and technology in popular culture. I'm Rowan Hooper. And this week we're talking about Dead Ringers, a new six-part TV series that reimagines the 1988 David Cronenberg film. This one stars Rachel Weiss. She plays twin gynaecologists Beverly and Elliot Mantle, and their aim is to revolutionise the future of reproductive health, at whatever the cost. Our TV columnist Bethan Ackerley sat down with the series' lead writer, Alice Birch, to learn more about the emerging medical technologies that play a part in the show. Here's their conversation. So the entire series is kind of driven by this central question of how we could transform reproductive health and the ramifications it would have for women and for society in the process. What drew you to that subject matter and why was it Dead Ringers? Why was that the way you wanted to play with that idea? Yeah, I mean, it sort of came the other way around, I guess, um, as in it was Dead Ringers first. It was um, Rachel Weisz was a, a huge fan of the Cronenberg film and I think had had been so, you know, since since she'd first seen it and then was kind of daydreaming about maybe doing a version with a gender flip so that she could play those parts. And then she kind of came came to me and um, and we started talking about it. And it's been such a long process. We've been working on it for such a long time. It's been, it's sort of really benefited from being a very long conversation. So it's really sort of grown very organically. And sometimes it's kind of hard to remember where exactly the first ideas come from. But I guess we took things from the film. We kept them working as gynecologists and sort of working in fertility. But we also added that they were obstetricians. And I think from our conversations about the sort of system of maternal healthcare and women's healthcare, we kind of followed our characters with their big ambitions. Throughout Dead Ringers, Beverly and, and particularly Elliot, uh, they discuss and they work on these emerging medical technologies. So things like artificial wombs and implanting ovarian tissue to delay the menopause, stuff like that. How early on in writing the show and shaping the characters did you begin to sort of think about the the future of birth and and of fertility? Pretty early on. Cronenberg is obviously like a master of many things, but that sort of like slightly sci-fi you know we we felt like near-fi was our thing like it was so I think we were sort of inspired by the film always but giving our characters these huge ambitions and imaginations and so we were we we spoke to experts really quickly on like we we sort of went and spoke to obstetricians and embryologists and endocrinologists and um a scientist who works in the longevity field and we really just took from them and kind of followed them and we particularly Elliot I mean I think she she's such a kind of hungry character with this voracious appetite but one of the things that she's got the biggest appetite for is her job and science and I think she genuinely wants to be right at the forefront and kind of yeah changing things for all of humanity for better or worse. (laughs) So as you say, I know you've spent a lot of time working with consultants uh, in the medical field to get the science of the show right. Was there anything that you learned during that process that that shocked you or, or anything that, you know, you're particularly excited about the future of? Yeah, shocked all the time, I think. Like women's health is obviously 
underfunded and under-researched in comparison to men's health. I think that's, you know, I mean, that in itself is shocking. I mean, but so there was so much that we learned you know, and, and experts would come and talk to us in the writer's room as well. And we would, you know, every day the writers would be coming in with new research and new stories. And so, yes, on a daily basis. I mean, it's always useful with this show having the twins, like that they have such different perspectives and feelings about the future of women's health and, and which direction we should maybe be leaning more towards. I think Elliot certainly wants to push the boundaries and um, doesn't, I wouldn't say she's the most moral character, uh, whereas Beverly certainly thinks of herself as a very moral person and is much more interested in um, leaning towards than than natural and sort of really just finding a way to be responsive to women and what they need and maybe kind of reclaiming the menopause as a, this wonderful thing that women go through and maybe we should change the world to adapt that. Whereas I think Elliot would like to find a way to banish it altogether and keep keep everybody young for as long as they want to do. So of course they they have such different politics and ideologies and motivations that that was that was a really 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 fun and useful way to explore like big ideas because I don't think we ever wanted to be lecturing or didactic or trying to tell an audience something. Yeah, what you say about the the mantles kind of embodying those two different approaches to how we should pursue those breakthroughs in in reproductive care. I imagine the viewers will sort of gravitate towards one sister or the other, depending on how how their own opinions come into it. But um, was that something that was much discussed in the writers' room, or sort of balancing those those kind of approaches and arguments? Were there were there differences of opinion about that? Yeah, definitely. Though I think, and I think this is true of lots of writers, and um, and Rachel was in the writers' room with us as well, and was really kind of there, like very much as a storyteller, not there as the person who was about to embark on playing these two roles but um I think the twins therefore became such a useful useful mouthpiece I think we were all interested in making something that that poses questions and complicates things and you know as soon as one twin is passionately advocating for one thing the other twin can kind of come around and poke at it or make fun of it or destroy it or provoke in some way so I think yes there were definitely difference of opinions but I think particularly the writers in this writers room were very good at Uh, playing devil's advocate with themselves. Everybody was sort of being both twins all the time. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. So you mentioned about it being kind of near-fi. And yeah, as you say, that that reflects how the technology in the show is sort of, uh, it starts off as the, as the current state of play, the things that we are have just become capable of doing and then it moves into that more speculative territory without wishing to spoil anything how did you decide how far you were going to push that it was a constant discussion and we kept sort of moving moving things around and I mean it's it's such an interesting debate you know Elliot is trying to do something that very few people in the in the world have, have have done you know Growing an embryo to 14 days is extraordinarily difficult as far as um, as, as we could understand from our writer's brain perspectives. 
and then she wants to take it even further I mean she wants to take it she wants to take it all the way and she makes that very clear from the beginning I think the key was always to just make sure that it was like felt as dramatically high stakes and as morally complicated for her as possible and that was just about building those characters around her and and putting both of the twins in situations where I, I suppose trying to like be aware of the it's such a complicated ethical discussion it's also quite a hard thing to um cinematically convey <laughs> because it's not something that we're used to watching either or and not so sort of like used to kind of understanding the site like when we're looking at an embryo do we do we know what what we're looking at or at what stage and what that means and you know what happens at 14 days and that means that that's the cutoff I think it was just trying to keep all of those things alive in a really dramatic way and keep it character based and plotty and part of an entertaining television show whilst also I suppose honouring that some of those really difficult conversations. Um, another thing that you don't see very much on TV would be the kind of birth scenes that are included in the series. Um, and that's kind of your your take on the body horror of the original film with that kind of quite graphic scenes, but obviously very realistic to what birth is actually like. Why did you want to show that? I mean, because I think it's interesting. Like, is the, is the really short answer. I understand why it's why maybe the birth scenes sort of read as the as our version of body horror. And I think that there's something about that conversation that I'm really interested in, that that's sort of the lens that an audience is, you know, that that's maybe what it feels like we're doing. But it was also, you know, we wanted the show to begin in a really grounded place in a place that feels like today. And then it ends somewhere really heightened and operatic. And those birth scenes and those early hospital scenes I think do a good job of making the case for why the twins might want things to be different and why there's sort of there's such it's such a system and why that might need to change but it was also that I haven't seen that on screen like birth is often depicted in a really sanitized way or in a gaze averted way and you know we watch death and violence on screen all the time I think it's interesting that we don't see birth on screen. So I, I think that that was sort of one of the motivations. Some of the sort of, I guess, the horror of the sh- of the show um, is based in those sort of real medical settings and the, and the very real threats of of giving birth. And that's particularly true for for black women as you sort of layer into the series at certain at certain points. How did you approach bringing that into the series with the mantles when you know? These are two white women as the leads living in a pretty white world themselves. You know, the the research that people were bringing into the room every day told us that story all the time. That I mean, the maternal mortality rate is shockingly high as it is um, for black women, much higher. It was just a truth that was really important to be part of the storytelling. But then to do it in a way that feels complicated and I think also understanding you know that our mantle twins are white doctors as well the conversation that we're trying to have later on in the series about the history of gynecology and about I think particularly placing Beverly who is the more again the twin who sort of I think thinks of herself in a very moral way but maybe isn't very good at sort of looking back or uh kind of understanding or appreciating the history all the time. So it was putting her in a complicated position there and sort of really trying to trying to tell that story as well. It's like, but 
it was really important that it be part of it because it's so shocking. It was something that we were talking about so often in the writer's room that it it felt like it absolutely had to be part of this part of the story. I can't wait for people to see um Michael McKean's performance for that reason because it is unnerving in the extreme. <laughs> yeah, he was extraordinary. So what kind of struck me most when I watched the series is how it's sort of it's very often concerned with how wealth and inequality can twist what ought to be something wholly beneficial, a proper breakthrough in medical care, into something that has the potential to be exploitative or to or to create further inequality. Is that kind of two-tier system something that you're worried about in the real world? Definitely. <laughs> again, the short answer. I think that, again, that that was something that came up in our research. Again, it was sort of about making it as complicated a discussion as possible, though. Like, never sort of, you don't want that um, argument or that point to feel laboured and that we're preaching or that we're being moralistic or that we're saying that there's only one you know one um tone I think that's why it was important to put Beverly in that situation but that Beverly is the one who's in that situation that this is the thing that she has been talking about being the most important thing opening the birthing center changing the system making uh, this sort of healthcare that's bespoke and safe accessible to everybody but that's as soon as that check is handed to her, it comes from the most morally complicated person that it, it could do for her and and becomes about making money. So it just it felt like, a you know, we just always want the conversation to be and the drama to be as complicated and posing as many questions as possible. Thank you to Alice Birch for that interview. And thank you for listening to Culture Lab from New Scientist Podcasts. All six episodes of Dead Ringers are now available to watch on Amazon Prime Video. Please do subscribe to our podcast stream so you don't miss out on our stuff. And we'll see you soon. Bye for now. This podcast is produced by OG Podcasts. Find out more at ogpodcasts.co.uk.